Today's question is, how do you overcome the feast or famine, especially in the beginning? Balancing building a successful business and being a superstar mom is hard. And yet, in today's digital world, it's more common than ever. The question becomes, how do we successfully grow a business and children at the same time? Join us for a candid conversation as we share our experiences and insights into marketing and motherhood. I'm Jessie Valle. And I'm Angela Reeder. Welcome to the Marketing Moms Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. So today, Angela and I wanted to tackle the idea that, especially for a business that's just beginning, they go through these ups and downs, this huge roller coaster of this feast or famine idea. So what that really boils down to is you have moments where you have a lot of business and you feel like you just can't go wrong. Your business is booming. Income's coming in. You're feeling on top of the world. And then a few weeks later, it's famine. All that hype is gone. Whatever you were doing before, you can't seem to reproduce. And all those people that were coming in to buy are now suddenly gone. And now you're in the famine and you feel really low. And so Angela and I wanted to talk about that a little bit because that's completely normal, especially in the beginning and even past the beginning, you know, uh, it's it's a concept that as a business owner, you're just going to have to get used to. Yeah. And I don't want you to feel like you're unique or special in the way that, gosh, this, this famine just keeps happening to me because right. honestly, it happens to all of us. It does. And I think the deceptive thing about the more established business is, is that Part of getting to the point where you are a more established business is learning how to handle that feast or famine cycle. Um, Businesses that don't really learn how to handle it don't tend to last too long. And so you look at the businesses and you go, man, these people have been business five years, 10 years, 15 years. They don't have any problems. This isn't happening to them. And it's just that it is. It's just a little more behind the scenes because they've kind of learned how to handle that and different ways of coping with that. Yeah. So for example, um, a good friend of mine is a roofer, right? And so he gets a lot of clients and a lot of work in a, in a certain time of year, especially during the summer. And then during the winter, he doesn't get as much work. And so I was actually talking to him about it the other day because, you know, I was like, hey, how's business going? And it, it was like the middle of the day on a Tuesday or something. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's Not going so hot right now. Not a lot of clients around, but I'm used to it because the man's been in business for 20 years. Right. And and he's like, I always know that it bounces back, you know? So again, even when you've been in business for a very long time, the difference, like Angela said, is that you kind of already expect it and you know how to handle it. You know how to save in the times of feast to accommodate the times of famine and- You just kind of ride the wave and and expect it's going to happen. I think one thing too, as when you're first starting out, as you get a little further in business, you will learn to recognize what times of year are good for your business and what times of year you're going to get a slump. So you will be able to kind of predict that and, and do that where you save a little bit 
and then, you know, kind of ride you through those lesser times. When you're first starting out and you haven't quite figured that out yet, one of the things that I see happen with new business owners is they hit that feast. They're getting a bunch of clients. They get really excited. They're making it. They're doing it. They're excited. They start spending and investing in their business, which isn't bad. It's just that they sort of overextend themselves because they're not expecting that famine to come. So they invest in products or courses or different things for their business, thinking like, oh, I'm going to use this and springboard to even more profits. And then they hit that famine and they don't have anything saved up and their business expenses are higher than they maybe would have been if they had been preparing for that. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And you you kind of mentioned there that people people like tend to, to overextend themselves and, and maybe spend a little more. The other thing they do during the times of feast, a lot of times I've seen, is that you stop doing the things that you did before to try to find new clients, new customers, new new people for your for your offers. So let's say for example last week in the episode we you know one of the best advices I had got was to get out and reach out to people and continue making those connections even when you don't see the results right away. Well later when you see the results you stop doing the things that you did before. Mm-hmm. You stop getting online, you stop talking to people, making those connections. And so it's just like a it's it's kind of a like a latent effect, right? Like yeah. you do the work now even though it doesn't seem like anything's happening, then you get the boom that hey, it worked. But if you stop, then you wait a little bit longer and then it catches up that hey, business is going down again because you stopped. So you want to make sure that during the times of feast, you don't overextend yourself so much that you can't continue to do the things that you did before to continue to reach out and get traffic for your offers. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people, I've seen that happen to a lot of people where they get a lot of clients or customers and they get busy or feel overwhelmed and they think like, oh, I just need to slow down for a minute and they just stop. And then, you know, unless you are someone who is bringing on like full-time retainers, and, you know, don't necessarily need to continue that. Um, for 98% of businesses, your clients are going to move on. They're going to, you know, you're going to provide the service, you're going to provide the product, and then they're going to move on. And you're going to be left without any streams of traffic or income coming in because you haven't continued to do those things. So one way you can overcome that is you can certainly hire someone if you feel like you're at that point in your business like hire a a virtual assistant or someone who might be able to help you do the things that you don't necessarily have to be doing so that you have that extra time to go out and continue getting those traffic sources and also fulfill on whatever offers you had, right? So there are certain things in your business that you have to do, but there are also going to be things in your business that it doesn't necessarily have to be you. So if you reach that point, And that may not be for everybody, but especially in the beginning, you can start small. You don't have to like hire someone on as an employee or hire someone full time. You can get, you know, a lot of virtual assistants will, will let you buy a package of hours, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
here's five hours a month, just something little to just think about what you could do in those five hours. Those five hours, you could still go out and be yourself getting new clients and customers, but at least those five hours are are being taken care of in the day-to-day of your business that doesn't necessarily have to be you. And I know that's really hard to think about, especially when you're starting out. Like, what do you mean? I'm not getting any income. How can I think about hiring someone? (laughs) (laughs) But just know that any little bit helps, right? Like, let's think about in your personal life when you hire someone to, I don't know, mow your lawn. Like, that's just a few hours a month that you're getting back and plenty of people pay for that. Yep. And I think another thing to do as you're starting out and you start to see like, oh, I'm getting a lot of clients or I'm, I'm not getting a lot of clients is to pay attention to that. Write it down. Track. Nobody likes going into QuickBooks and tracking their income. Like everybody hates it. But even if you just write down like this was a good month or this month I didn't have a lot of clients, like just to pay attention because you will start to see patterns that are specific to your business and your industry. Now, certain industries have overall patterns, like for e-commerce businesses, Q4 is usually like a really big month because you have Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas, New Year's, you have all of that. And, you know, whereas like the summer may not be as lucrative. But as you write those things down, as you notice, even as service providers, you'll see that pattern start to emerge through the year. Like, these are the months that I get more clients. These are the months nobody's looking for my service. Like, And you can start to kind of build and plan your year around that and be prepared for those months where you're not getting as many clients. Yeah. And another thing is also to be you can be a little bit strategic about how you use your time during the year, right? Like, for example, I know that there are some people that know there's a certain slump in the year and they take that time to do their vacations, right? Especially as a business owner, it's really hard to just stop and take a vacation because you feel like you have to be there all the time. You have to be on, you have to be working. And as entrepreneurs, it's really hard to just stop and take a break. But if you know there's a certain slump coming in the year, then there are different ways you can handle that. One, you can certainly ramp up your efforts to try and bring in more traffic, or you can just accept that this is a slump time of year and I'm going to take advantage of it by scheduling my vacation right now, take a few weeks off, regroup, and then come back. Yeah. And I know it's hard when you're starting out to hear people say like, oh, you just have to budget your money and you have to plan for those famine months, especially if you are in a position where every penny of profit and then some coming into your business is helping you pay bills or keep your kids in a sport or something like that. It can be really hard to hear that and really frustrating. Um, I know I remember from when I was starting my business that that was one of the more frustrating pieces of advice. And it is true. And one thing that I did as a new business owner to combat that was I tried to keep my business expenses as low as I could because that way in the famine months, 
I still had a bigger margin of profit because my business expenses were so low. Like I used the free version of programs. I, you know, was careful about courses or services that I purchased and things like that to like really keep that overhead low so that that profit margin was a little bit bigger during those famine months. Mm-hmm. Let's talk for a minute about the feast months. Right. You kind of hit on it already. Like, don't overextend yourself. Don't just spend it all. But the other thing that I want to point out is that feast months, so higher income also equals higher taxes, especially if you're in the United States. And so for me, every time I get a little bit of extra money, I'm like, this is cool. Let's pack it away for taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, those will sneak up on you, especially during those feast or famine cycles, because you kind of get in this mindset of like, oh, I'm not making very much money right now, so I won't have a lot of taxes. But it only takes a couple of really good months to like really bump up the amount of taxes you have to pay. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's a really good idea to have a couple different bank accounts. Like maybe you have your checking account where you know you continually have income coming in and then that's where you pull from your expenses but have a separate savings account where you can just especially in those feast months throw a little bit of extra money in there to save it for taxes where you know you're not going to touch it kind of like what Angela was saying when you see the feast month and you see that balance go up it's really hard not to say ooh what could we spend this on But if it's out of sight, out of mind, then, you know, hopefully you won't spend it and you can save it for the government. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yep. Um, And that's not to say that, you know, as you run your business, you're never going to be able to spend money on things. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just that when you're starting out, the difference between feast and famine is a lot different than when you are a more established business where your famine months at year five might still be more income than your feast months in year one. That's true. And so, you know, you can eventually, you know, do all of the things. It's just that as you're learning those cycles and as you're building your business and your reputation and your client base, you have to be a little more strategic about it. And something else you could do is create a list of the things that you would like. Kind of like Angela was mentioning in another episode when she saw a course or a program that she thought was interesting, she'd just write it down instead of buying it on the spot. Write down a list of the things you want. So then in the feast months, you don't just go out and buy all the things. You're like, you know what? The next thing on my list is a better quality microphone or the next thing on my list is a second monitor whatever, or the next thing on my list is this course to learn about this. Whatever it is, you have one thing that you can just kind of check off instead of being like, oh, I'm going to get this and this and this and this. (laughs) Having that list kind of also helps keep it in perspective. So you're like, okay, well, these are the things I'd like. I should not buy them all at once. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if there are a whole bunch of courses, like you can't consume all that content at once. So take things one at a time, get through it, and then hopefully – with what you learned, you can apply that to your business and boost your income and then you will you can just tackle things one at a time, you know? Yeah. 
and I will say, especially for things like courses, there have been times that I have paid a little more for a course because I didn't get it right when I saw it while it was on flash sale or whatever Mm -hmm. the you're never going to see it again price there have been times that's happened but I would say 90% of the courses that I've bought I've been able to find it at that price again Mm. because that's another thing that you notice as you're in business longer is that you're not the only one with feast or famine cycles and part of that, just like you may run sales or specials to help you get through those famine months and bring in extra clients. So will other people. So, you know, you have to be willing to pay a higher price for waiting, but a lot of times you can find it for maybe not the full price later on, even if it's not as good a price as you see it right then. Another thing that you can do when there's like a list of things that you'd like for your business is set the money aside when you have it, but don't buy it yet. And then wait until like Black Friday or Christmas when things tend to go on sale. And that way you can be strategic about purchasing those items and not just oh, hey, I've got extra money this month in the feast. Let me just go spend it. Like, okay, that's cool. Let me set it aside so that I can still get the really great deal while I have the money and just like allocate it to that. So same thing with setting aside the money for taxes. Set aside that extra cash for the things that you want in your business and put it somewhere else, another account, something like that where it's out of sight, out of mind so that you don't feel the desire to spend it. Yeah. Yeah, because that does... Oh, that's so tempting when you get that money, especially when you're starting out and it feels like the most money you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with all this? Well, what you're going to save do it. With all of this money. Well, you're going to pay taxes on most of it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that is, that's a hard lesson to learn in and of itself. Yes. Yeah. And the hard thing about Feast and Famine is that it's not going anywhere. It's going Mm -hmm. to be a part of your business. Even anybody who kind of pays attention to like business news and stock markets, and I'm not a stock market person, but anybody that kind of pays attention will know that even big giant businesses like Facebook that basically runs the world, as we recently saw with the Facebook (laughs) shutdown, um, Even it will have quarters while they'll say, we didn't hit our goals this quarter, or we, you know, maybe didn't lose money, but we didn't make as much as we thought we were going to make this quarter. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can kind of see that ripple out where people are like, what do you mean you didn't make? (laughs) Yeah. So it's not just you. It's just a part of business. Even gigantic corporations go through it. But, you know, as I said before, their feasts and famines are a little more smooth And at a little bit higher income bracket than, you know, say somebody running a company out of their their garage or something. Yeah. So today's challenge is to sit down and think back on the last year of your business. What parts of the year, even if you need to pull out your accounting, what parts of the year were you feasting and which part were you kind of down in the slump and during the famine? How can you account for that in the upcoming year? And what are you just, just sit down and think about what you're going to do? Because when you have a plan, you're going to be a lot more relaxed about it and at peace with the fact that the roller coaster of entrepreneurship 
is for everyone. Yes. And if you haven't been in business for a year yet, find some other people in your industry and ask them about what months are good and what months are a little bad. Because while it may be individual to your business, a lot of industries have just a general curve through the year. And that can kind of help you plan for the next year. Thank you for joining us today. We're so honored this is where you chose to spend your time. If this episode helped you in some way, please share it with another mom who needs to hear it. We're in this together. And if you're looking to spend even more time with us, visit marketingmomspodcast.com for more episodes, free goodies, and ways to connect. Don't forget to check out our brand new Marketing Moms book now available on Amazon. 